Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. I serve as special counsel to the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion Roman Reigns, the main event for WrestleMania. I have been tasked with the job of informing you you are checking out the podcast for Give Me Sport. Now, they added something, turnbuckle, turnbuckle schmucks, turnbuckle morons, turnbuckle talk, whatever it is, it's a turnbuckle. I would never have named a podcast after a turnbuckle. Then again, I'm from New York, where life does exist, and I work for Roman Reigns, your tribal chief, so my taste will always be better than yours. You're listening to the Give Me Sport Turnbuckle Talk podcast. We are back. Depending on how you look at it, actually, we're either back from what we were doing sort of three or four years ago, or we're just completely new. And I'm your new host, Ollie Browning, Give Me Sports WWE lead. And I'll be joined every couple of weeks by Alex Bat. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, buddy. I'm good. Yeah, how are you? I'm very good. And I just kind of want to touch on, you know, the comeback or the repackage, because you and... Alex McCarthy used to run this podcast, didn't you, back in the day? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not sure what happened to him, but we obviously, we, st- we stuck around and uh, yeah, we, uh, it was an idea we had a few years ago, um, just to do sort of like a podcast, just to a couple of friends chatting about WWE really, and obviously then he, he left and it sort of stopped, but you came along, took WWE lead and we want to get it back going and this is the start of it. The start of something special. I heard uh, Alex McCarthy is now at a, at a radio station called Talksport. Other radio stations, of course, are available. Okay, like good to hear him doing well. But uh, this is, uh, as he describes it, his seeds that have that have come to kind of grow. So we'll see. Yeah, I, heard, I, I saw him tweet that. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to. I didn't reply at the end, but I was like, "Come on, give us some more props than seeds." Right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> we're here and um obviously i think if we, we come back at a good time as well because you know we had fast lane on sunday we're we're right down to wrestlemania so i think it makes sense really to jump straight into it waste no time and go sure. into into kind of reviewing a bit of fast lane so so what did you think of the the pay-per-view on sunday i actually thought it was really good you know we spoke obviously last week just planning this out and we we said we both said you know it feels like something big needs to happen um, to get everyone really, re- really ready and really excited for WrestleMania, um, and I thought I, I thought WWE really delivered. You know, Fastlane doesn't have the best reputation. You know, it's sort of a stopgap pay per view because from Royal Rumble to Mania, everyone's just ready for Mania, aren't they? So it's always tough to put something in between it. But I actually thought they did a really good job. I thought the final three matches were superb, like WrestleMania superb. Um, I thought the women's tag team match to start the show was decent. The only really criticism I would have was the was the Big E Apollo Cruz match. Um, I didn't think that came across as well as it could have done. Maybe their extent they're trying to beef out the feud and it'll you know go longer. But in terms of a, of a fast lane pay per view, I thought it was really really well done. The, the matches were insane. like Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Just I mean I, we could speak for hours on them. And then the main event delivered, the fiend coming back was unbelievable. So I was I was actually really, really impressed. Yeah, me too. I think like you say, in terms of what a fast lane pay-per-view normally is, you know, it delivered on on almost every level. And and I do agree with your little gripe about Big E Apollo Cruz, because obviously I stay up to watch it live to cover it for the website. And yeah. sort of the whole Twitter feed of the website was just confused. 
Like, mm. so it looked like there could have been a botch at the end. Obviously, you know, there's not. Like, that's, you know, part of the storyline I'd imagine is that, you know, Apollo Crews is going to now get another shot, you think, at the title at WrestleMania. Yeah. And where do you stand on that? Do you, do you think he can take that title off Big E? I don't know. You know, I mean, we, I mean, going back to the match as well, I, th- I thought it started really well. Like the Big E showing aggression so he can be in this serious, like, gimmick. You know, obviously everyone knows what Big E is. He's fun, funny, jokey, but he has that serious side. And I thought the start of the match was brilliant and I was excited for that then. But then it just sort of lost its way a bit. And like you say, the finish was a bit confusing. And in terms of what it, what it does for the title, you know, not too long ago, everyone was saying Big E's main event and, you know, could be for the title. He's he's made the Intercontinental quite decent, I think. I think he's he's done well with it. And with Apollo Crews, I just feel, you know, his United States run wasn't that impressive. It's this new gimmick, you know, it's obviously, it gets spoken about quite a lot with his accent and stuff. You know, I've been very open about it on Twitter saying I'm not the biggest fan of it. And it, if you're not if you're not 100% brilliant at the accent, I think it's a bit dodgy at times. But if 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 you have Apollo Crews losing, where does he then go? What does he then do? Because his whole new push and whole new gimmick is already lost. So I think there will come a stage where Apollo Crews does win it. And then maybe that's where Big E goes on to the, the bigger picture. But, uh, you know, in ring, there's, you can't question Apollo Crews, you know, for his size and his, his like stature. He's a big old boy, but he can he can move really quickly. So uh, I'm not against him winning it at all. This is it. Like you, like you say, the new push and, and the new accent, the new character, it's, it's an interesting one. Like it's, you know, he needed a push. I'm not sure many people thought he would be pushed this way. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes in WWE a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think down the line, he's, 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 got, he's got a claim to that title. And, and then you say Big E, who looked like he was going to be pushed to the moon sort of, mm-hmm. you know, two, three months ago after that. You know, you say conceivably he loses the bout at WrestleMania. After that, could he go after Roman Reigns? Quite possibly. Like I would, I, you know, I'd love to see it. I, I'm still a big fan of the Big E push. Like I want to see him get into that main event. And um, yeah, like I say, once he, you know, have a title match at WrestleMania, lose it, not the end of the world. He could go on to main event against Roman Reigns at some point in the future because, you know, you'd imagine that Reigns is is obviously going to kind of get past edge, in my opinion. Yeah. We, we talk about that later. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. I, I did also want to bring up one of my gripes from, from Fast. Okay, go on then. Which was Braun Strowman versus... Oh, Obama. yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't even really give that much attention, if I'm honest. Like, I, I, I did a whole thread on the pay-per-view and I did one tweet just saying, you know, Braun's much better than this. Absolutely. It, it just seemed on a, on a fast lane card that was stacked where they pushed the United States Championship to the pre-show... I'm like, why don't you just have that match on the pre-show? Mm-hmm. Get, put all the title belts on the main show. I, I, I don't get that. And, you know, I think the Braun strowman Shane O'Mac feud from the very start has been a bit of a nonsense anyway. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've now just seen on, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, we've just seen on Raw that Braun Strowman versus Shane O'Mac's Shane McMahon is, is going to happen at WrestleMania. So, yeah. You'd imagine that's just there as kind of like a filler match that's going to have maybe one or two big spots in it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like as individuals, I actually really like both of them. You know, I'm a I'm a massive Braun Strowman fan. And I remember talking about him when we did the podcast with Alex McCarthy. Like we were both hot on this guy. We thought he could be a big time player, and he obviously had that spell where he was like competing with Brock Lesnar and stuff, and he looked decent. And Shane McMahon, you know, 
takeaway promos. <laughs> he uh, in the ring, he's actually decent. Absolutely. Once he gets going, once he gets into the swing, like his punches and stuff, when he does the whole kickboxing thing, I'm not too sure on. But when he gets into it and he feels like he feels natural there again, he's actually really good, and his matches have been brilliant in recent years. So I don't mind it in that sense. It's just as a big Braun Strowman fan, I want to see him doing more. And like you say, it just felt thrown together and not what it was needed. Like it, it wasn't needed. If, if Shane McMahon was going to get injured, just canon the whole thing and then say, okay, WrestleMania, don't just throw Elias, who is literally the man who gets thrown into places where they need to feel something. Just, it didn't seem needed. See, this is it. You're a big Braun Strowman fan and I am a massive Elias fan. I think he's great. Or I think he used to be great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree. Before he was kind of, like you say, thrown into all of this stuff at the last minute. You know, I do kind of believe he never really fully got his spot back after that that long injury that he was he was obviously out for so long. Yeah. Um, so it, it was good to see Elias doing something. But <laughs> <laughs> Not quite squashed, that. Yeah, getting squashed by Braun Strowman wasn't, wasn't like the way I'd have, I'd have had it. But like you say, the whole kind of build-up of the match that is Shane, Shane McMahon insulting Braun Strowman and calling him stupid. Yeah. It's, just, um, it's interesting, to, yeah. to say the least. But like I say, hopefully they can deliver at WrestleMania with a few, like I say, a good in-ring match because they're both more than capable of doing it. And, you know, like I just want to see someone jump off the WrestleMania sign or off the... <laughs> Someone's got to do it, so... Yeah, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Shane O'Mac, isn't it? Exactly. That's yeah. it. That's it. Awesome. And we, we, you know, we've gone through the maybe like the negatives of, of Fast Lane. I, I wouldn't even call them that. Like the yeah. the lower part of the card. Yeah. But like obviously, like the rest of the card was just full of incredible matches. Like w- w- out of all of them, which one did you did you rate the most? Um, I think I have to go Drew and Sheamus. Uh, I just think these boys have delivered. I mean, Drew McIntyre ever since we've been behind closed doors has been unbelievable uh so i can't say enough about him to be honest since he's been given the 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 push and he's just been unreal all his matches have been great his promo work has improved drastically and then in the last month or so seamus has looked like peak seamus again you know there was sort of a he came back and it was a bit of a you know was it with jeff hardy He, he was like getting chris he didn't like the fact that jeff hardy was getting so much praise and stuff and it just felt like it was going to be a mid-card Sheamus again. But his matches with Drew, obviously, it helps. They go way back. You know, they are they go way back. So that helps the chemistry. But the three matches they've had recently have just been main event worthy of WrestleMania, not just of Fast Lane or Raw. They've just been they've been unreal. And the brutality, the physicality, the the creativeness, just they've been they work so well together. And it's again, I think I tweeted it again in the thread. It's something that I would happily watch over and over again. You know, you get those people where you just you're just happy to watch them wrestle no matter how many times, like sort of the new day and the Usos. You just could never get tired of watching them, no matter how many matches they had together. And again, I thought that I did think that stole the show. You know, Roman Range and Daniel Ryan, again, we'll probably talk about that again in a minute, but that was also brilliant. But the fact that Seamus and McIntyre gave them a good run for their money made it that much more impressive for me so yeah if i had to choose one match that's that stole the show it would have been that one absolutely i mean it's just two just big beefy blokes just absolutely the battering the hell of each, hell out of each other you know it's what we want to see like two you know burly i say british and irish because you know not british uh shameless obviously he makes a big <laughs> deal about that of course yeah. why wouldn't you um yeah. two, two big burly british and irish blokes just smashing smashing the hell out of each other smashing seven bells out of each other 
and just tearing the arena apart. I love the um, the sparks flying yeah. when they smash through the through the um, the Thunderdome. Like, that's how you do an explosion, by the way. That is how you do an explosion. That is how you do an explosion. I'm joking. Of course, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I thought it was brilliant. And like you say, Sheamus has been so good in the past mm. like, a few months. Like main event kind of worthy, but not being in that spot that Drew McIntyre is in and, and kind of carrying, you know, every single opponent he faces every single night. Like he's, do you think he's one that could potentially be in the, the, the world title picture, depending on what happens at WrestleMania, where you've got either Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre, you'd think, are the two in the match. So one of those two is going to walk out of WrestleMania as a champ. Like you yeah. said, you'd happily see Sheamus McIntyre again. Oh yeah, I would happily if that was the if that's the plan. I'd happily see that for the world title all over again. I I don't think it will be. I don't. I can't see Sheamus being in that picture again personally. Um, but I mean, WWE are blessed right now. Like they've got so many talent and so much good talent that you could feasibly see. You know, you, you, we're talking like Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. You know, Bray Wyatt. All these people that aren't even in near the top yet in terms of the main card. They've got so much talent. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, this, you could sit here all day and just list off people that could be legitimate WWE champions. So they're just, they're, they're blessed with what they've got. And I think that's probably why Sheamus won't be in that main event picture. But like I say, I, I would love it because what they've delivered. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned a couple of names there. Seth Rollins being one of them. Uh, who, who I want to talk about a lot, actually, because, you know, I've been a massive fan of Seth Rollins for years. Obviously, yeah. he, he is one of the top guys. But I thought him and Shinsuke Nakamura kind of tore it up as well at, at Fastlane. Like, they kind they were kind of given sort of 10, 15 minutes to go out and, I mean, I saw some people say save the pay-per-view when it was kind of sliding a little bit after kind yeah. of Strowman Elias. And, and I think they did just that. Like, they're two, again, brilliant technical wrestlers, and Seth Rollins is, I, I like saying this a lot, is, is kind of the guy that is just the best at playing like the absolute Yeah. Like, he is the guy that you want being the in WWE and we'll probably bleep that part out. <laughs> and if I work out how to edit that, like that's- you I, know, say, I would say we'll get our edit on it, but it's just us too. It's just us. Uh, but I, you know, I love it. I love Seth Rollins. Where do you stand on, on, on the match that he had on, on, on Fastlane? Yeah, same as you. Both individually, I love them. And together, I thought they did really well. Um, and it's interesting that you say, you know, a lot of people, obviously, I don't watch it live because I work the next morning, so I want to go to bed. <laughs> but um, it's interesting to hear you saying that live reaction was sort of like, yeah, they saved the pay-per-view from going down a bit. So that, that's good to see. You know, I, I love Seth Rollins. I think, like you say, I won't use the same word because we don't want to bleep too many things, but... I think he's unbelievable as a heel. Uh, I've never been a big fan of him as a face, to be honest. I, I think he just suits that heel gimmick. Yeah. And I, I miss when he had the blonde streak, to be honest. That's when he was peak. Like, Seth Rollins with the, um, the authority was just with, uh, was it in, uh, Noble and the uh, other? JJ Secu J &J Security. Sorry. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I was going to say Mark Noble then. I was like, that's the most <laughs> happy heel. But that was Seth Rollins at his absolute peak. And, and I think he can still go another few notches as well with what he's at, at the minute, which, which is just a compliment to him. And with Nakamura, you know how good he is technically. Um, so, yeah, together they, they, they put on a really solid match. Like you say, they weren't given a lot of time but they did exactly what they needed to do. And yeah, I, I'm a big fan of both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. You say kind of Seth could take up a few more notches. I think 
the Messiah gimmick kind of seems to be fading away. Uh, I've sort of noticed he's changed his music back a bit to the, <laughs> the old kind of music he used to have. Uh, has ditched the Messiah suit, I think, and was the, the drip he had on Sunday. The oh, the suits he's had. Yeah, yeah, the suits he's had coming back of being unreal. I don't know where he gets them from, but... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I just love everything about him. Um, yeah, like you say, hopefully one day he can uh, kind of go to those, you know, those next levels and, you know, back in the title picture because, um, you know, that's where he deserves to be. So. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And we, we kind of look up the card as well. We can either go back to the start of the card and talk about the women's tag team title match. What did you think of that one? Yeah, I thought it started the show really nicely. Uh, I think, you know, I remember speaking to you probably a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, saying I wasn't totally bought over by Bianca Blair. But since she's won the Rumble, I mean, I, I'm convinced, yeah, she's she's a top, top talent. You know, in the ring, she's great. Her gimmick's great. You know, her personality is brilliant and it comes across on TV. So no doubt she'll be a huge success when there's fans in. Um, I, I, I'm also a massive fan of Nia Jax. I know that might be against the grain of most, but I just... I don't know. I don't know how when I started like her, but I just I've re- I've always enjoyed her. Like I just think, I think she's just. I don't know how to. I don't actually know how to describe it because there are there are women that are better than her at wrestling. There are women that are better on the mic. So there are people, yeah, that are higher up than her. But I just there's something about Nia Jax that I just I'm drawn to and I, I I'm interested in and you know I I loved her and Alexa Bliss when they're with each other and against each other. With Shayna Baszler, I'm not as convinced it's 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 that great. Um, I don't think they're a, a, they shouldn't really be a team. I don't think. I think it's sort of if anything, I think it's sort of damaged Shayna more because she yeah. came up as this massive brute who will tap out anyone and beat the hell out of everyone. But no, I thought it was a good match. You know, I thought it was a good match. I'm, I'm it got me very excited for Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, which I think could be a show stealer at WrestleMania. And given what's on the card, that's that's the biggest praise you can give them, really. Um, I think their personalities will work really well together, and I think their in-ring work will be will be brilliant. So, yeah, I'm excited for that match, and I thought it started to pay for you pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of when WWE occasionally announced the match that's going to open the pay-per-view, uh, which they did on Sunday, and, and they kind of posted all on their socials, announced it on the pre-show that it was going to be this women's tag team match, and, you know, like you say, it was a really good start to a, a really good pay-per-view. And um, yeah, I remember the conversation we had where you kind of weren't too keen on Bianca Belair, well, not weren't too keen, but like weren't convinced by Bianca Belair yeah. all those months ago. It was quite interesting because directly after this podcast, I'm going to go and chat to her for 15, 15 minutes or so. And okay. one of the things that I'm going to ask her about is the Survivor Series match that she was in. And that's, I think, for me personally, when I started believing that she was the real deal. Like, it's interesting it said that you said it took you until the Royal Rumble to kind of see that. So it'd be interesting to see where she kind of puts herself in that if she thinks, mm-hmm. she, you know, exploded onto the scene sort of after WrestleMania or how long she thinks she, she took to kind of catch fire on the main roster. But like you say, the, the tag team match was awesome. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Nia Jax as well. I think she's a, you know, she's a great character. Like, like you say, there are better wrestlers than her, better people on the mic than her. But I think, you know, the segment she's in with Reginald at the moment, you know, she works in those. Going back to NXT as well with, with Shayna, I thought those segments were really cool um, where they challenged, well, they got challenged for the titles and then created NXT tag team titles, women's tag team titles off the back of that. See, I think that's really cool. She's a, you know, she's a true star and, and it'd be interesting to see where 
like you say, where that tag team can go. Because eventually one of them is going to turn on the other. Surely. Yeah, surely. <laughs> At some point, you, yeah. you got a thing. So, yeah, when that happens, maybe at WrestleMania, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we'll see, we'll see some fireworks, I'm sure. Definitely. Cool. And um, I guess the last big match we really have to talk about, well, not the last big match, there are two kind of, you know, the two main events, one of them being Bliss and Orton and The Fiend, yeah. and the other one being Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, the actual main event. Let's um, let's chat a bit about The Fiend's comeback because I loved it, absolutely loved it, but I've seen a bit of criticism about his look, which oh, I don't really? get at all. Like, nah. so, I mean, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I was going to say, what do you think of, of his, new, his new look, his new kind of face mask that just burnt? You know, I... I think it's OTT, I do, but it's WWE, you know, it's, it's, it's meant to be OTT, it's meant to get you talking and reacting and, you know, the whole backstory is that Randy Orton burned him alive, so you've, you've got to go with that, haven't you, you've got to go with that, and uh, again, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss are three of my absolute favourites on the current roster, you know, I mean, Randy Orton has been for years now, so has Bray Wyatt, to be honest, and so has Alexa Bliss, uh, I love all three of them, no matter what they've done since their time in WWE. I've, I've loved all of it, to be honest with you. Um, I thought Bray Wyatt could have been 10 times bigger, 10 times earlier. Absolutely. But the, the Fiend came and it was just, I remember being live at one of the Smackdowns or Raws in the UK. And it was probably, it was probably only the second week that they sort of did the video stuff of the fiend coming and i just remember I, I was actually creeped out i genuinely found it so creepy and the live audience just 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 digged it they were so so over by it and i don't think there was a character that got so much like coverage and spoken about than the fiend so i'm all for it i love what they've been doing i love the whole like randy Orton spewing up the black ink and stuff like that i love how i mean alexa bliss is just I could sit here for the next hour just talking how good Alexa Bliss is. You know, she's she's made this whole character and gimmick just so just took it to another level. You know, the fiend was doing great things by himself with the whole Firefly Flunner House and all this sort of stuff. But then Alexa Bliss got involved, and ever since she was portraying the scared figure in the ring when her and um oh, I've forgotten her tag team partner. Nikki, is it Nikki Cross? Was it Nikki? Yeah, that's the Nikki Cross. When when they sort of were splitting up and Alexa Bliss was turning psychopath or whatever. She just she just took to it so well, and now she's genuinely this such a creepy little figure that you just thought like, "Wow, she's weird," and it's just been brilliant. Like all of it's been brilliant, and yes, it's OTT, and I can see why people are like, "Oh, it's so rubbish, ridiculous, not realistic," but it's just amazing to watch. It's just fun and different, and I generally cannot wait to see what they have in store for WrestleMania because I'd like to think it won't just be a standard match. I'd like to think they'll do stuff with it. And yeah, I mean, I, just, I loved it. I was all for it. I, it's one of those moments where I wish I was awake watching it live to react with everyone because obviously I, I usually watch them the day after I finish work and then I tweet about it and obviously the buzz is gone then. So I'm just sort of tweeting about it myself. <laughs> but I just, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really well done. Um, and yeah, those three, I could not say enough about. I love them all so much. No, that's that's some really good analysis. And, and like you say, so... You know, when, when you know, because everybody knew kind of sort of the, the, the kind of hour before uh, Fastlane started, I think, that, you know, there are a few Twitter accounts, I won't name them because, you know, some people don't like stuff that, you know, kind of hinted that The Fiend is going to be back. So, you know, we're all kind of waiting for it. 
Um, but the, the way his arm kind of comes out through the through the the ring, and I was like, okay, here we go. Like yeah. this, this is this is this is big. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it give me sport for context for our listeners. We don't put a lot of WWE on the on the main Facebook page to our big audience. We have like a very kind of smaller, like committed audience. But as soon as I saw that mask, I was like, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be good. Mm. Like it just reminded me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and and is it Leatherface? I think is his name. Yeah, the character. Yeah. And I that's a film I watched when I was a lot a lot younger than I am now. And even as like a, a 24 year old man, I was kind of watching it and I was like, damn, I'm freaked out right now. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so much like a horror film. Yeah. It's like, this is so, so good. Mm. Um, and, you know, the fire, like spitting fire and kind of just all that stuff, all those kind of, all, just all the buzz around it. It just, yeah. it was a really, really good, I, w- I wouldn't call it a match, I'd call it a segment. Yeah, I think I think that's the best way of summarising it. You know, when I, like when I say the final three matches, I said in between, I said for differing reasons. And yeah, I'd agree. That's the best way of summing up. It was a segment because obviously we knew Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton weren't going to wrestle each other. But it was done brilliantly. And obviously, it's funny you mentioned obviously the content on Give Me Sport. We obviously got another story out of that match, uh, which was the ending, which was which did really well. <laughs> Absolutely. Please explain that to anybody that, that might not have seen... Um, yeah so if obviously you did miss I, d- I doubt you would have done but Alexa Bliss chose to uh, pin Randy Orton in a <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how I want to approach this to be honest a rather, a rather unique pin let's go unique it wasn't a traditional pin and it's safe to say Randy Orton's wife uh, wasn't too happy so she uh, she tweeted Alexa Bliss saying she might have messed up obviously she used a bit more explicit language um, but yeah I mean that, that was that was perfect for our sort of audience. So overall, yeah, we, we, we thank that match for quite a lot because it gave us a couple of good angles. It just kind of fit the whole kind of, I'm going to call it a straddle pin. I don't know. Yeah, I think, that's that's the, I think that's the safest way of saying it. Why not? But like the whole, the way it was just kind of like packaged, the end of that match, and it, it just fit in so well, like with what has become an incredibly personal kind of rivalry between Bliss and Orton without the Fiend really being there for the last three months. Yeah. He has been away for the last three months. So now he's kind of back in the fold. Like you th- you, you're expecting big things at, at WrestleMania for, from those, those three, because they'll all be involved in some way. Well, I mean, that, that's a testament, isn't it, to Bliss and Randy Orton. You know, they've been doing this storyline without probably the main person in it. Yeah. So that's how good they've been. You know, they've carried this storyline whilst Bray hasn't been there. And yet now you've got, you can add Bray into the picture. I mean, that just ramps up even more. Absolutely. And they've managed to do it without any wrestling as well, because yeah. they, they haven't wrestled, <laughs> which I think... It's, it's just genius. I mean, WWE deserve a lot of credit. You know, obviously we don't know who the ideas have come from or where they've come from, but everyone has a package, you know. Bliss and Orton have delivered every week. You know, I've, I've constantly said, you know, these guys are, are the main thing on Raw now. They're just... Their segments are so fascinating and so unique. So yeah, everyone at WWE, the creators and the, the and Orton and Bliss deserve a lot of credit for what they've done over the last few months with it. Absolutely, I think I think unique is the, the you know the perfect word to use there. And and we'll go from one maybe kind of unique segment to another fairly unique finish, which was of the main event between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And, and obviously you've got Edge there, as special enforcer. Did Edge turn heel at Fastlane? I can't quite work it out. It's, I mean, face and heel aren't as black and white anymore, are they really? It's, it's hard to say. I guess if you were looking at it black and white, he kind of did 
because he cost Daniel Bryan the match. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know if he did or not. I think he was, I saw someone tweet saying he was just edge. edge like this edge is what edge is. Edge is going to edge, you know? Um, <laughs> and again, uh, he is my all time goat. You know, like I love Randy Orton, Alex Bliss and Bray Wyatt, but in terms of who's your favorite wrestler of all time, edge is the guy I go to, you know, yeah. There's obviously massive names like Rock, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Triple H, but Edge is the man that I've I've loved ever since I was young. Um, and I generally I remember watching his retirement speech on SmackDown after WrestleMania when I was at uni, and I generally got a bit emotional watching it. And I mean, I was I was like, I can't remember what year it was exactly. Was it 2011? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so I would have been like uh, 18, 19, and I was, I still was generally like, wow, this sucks. So seeing him back and just being active again, it's been so, so good. And he's just brilliant. You know, his wrestling's great. On the on the mic, he's unbelievable. You know, his stuff with Randy Orton last year was just brilliant. And then, so yeah, this year, I mean, in terms of, did he turn? I, I don't think he did. I think he's just edge. You know, he, he is one of those superstars that can sit on the fence and sort of deliver both. You know, we were talking about Seth Rollins earlier. He's very similar. He's kind of a guy, the talent that can just, play either like one week he can attack Roman Reigns and be deemed a, a face the next week he can attack Daniel Bryan and be deemed a heel um but overall again it was a, it was a ridiculously good match you know I loved the opening sort of five ten minutes when Daniel Bryan was being this little sort of almost like an MMA fighter just like throwing kicks and dodging and throwing kicks and dodging and Roman Reigns played it superbly you know he was selling it brilliantly looking angry trying to just ground him and pound him and stuff I thought they played they played sort of pitched it out very nicely um and then obviously when Roman Reigns did get his hands on Daniel Bryan you know he was brutal he was forceful he was he was happy to just help like it looked vicious at times yeah, almost that's it that's what I was gonna say like the elbows reminded me a lot of kind of Brock Lesnar Randy Orton from sort say, of yeah. a couple of years ago like just yeah. and I was like there's gonna be blood maybe yeah <laughs> that's I think maybe the one way you can further Roman Reigns right now is by getting to absolutely brutally smash someone to the point where they bleed in the ring. And I don't know whether that's ever going to happen. I think in his mouth, was his mouth cut? I swear at the end of it, Daniel Bryan looked like he had a bit of blood in his beard. But <laughs> like, yeah, I was going like, to say, it just reminded me of Brock Lesnar, you know, when he was dropping elbows on Randy Orton and his head just basically exploded. But it was, <laughs> I mean, again, I remember again talking with Alex McCarthy a few years ago, never being a big Roman Reigns fan. Mm. Not because of Roman Reigns in particular, you know. I've never, I've never criticised his work. I've criticised how he's been portrayed. But this, this run has probably been one of the best runs in a long, long time. Like he's unbelievable. His promos are on point. His in-ring work is brilliant. So yeah, I just, I, I cannot fault him really. And the match was superb. Once they got into it, the wrestling was brilliant, as you expect with these two. You know, Daniel Bryan again, I tweeted saying, you know, maybe there is life in him yet. You know, I saw, obviously, you did an article before the event saying, and this could be his last WrestleMania, but by that performance, you know, he can, he can still go. Absolutely. I mean, the one thing I took from where you the first point you made is that you were in uni in, what, 2011? That makes you, like, so much older than me because I was... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 28. I don't look it, but, yeah, I'm 28. <laughs> I didn't even... Uh, just, that's just a side point because I completely forgot because um, <laughs> I was still... Still knocking around in school at that age. I think I was probably like, yeah. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Weirdly enough, wasn't even into wrestling when I was in school. So I didn't get into wrestling until 
probably like the end of the end of year 11 which is a weird time to get into it that would make me like 16 years old and i that, that's a story for another time but yeah like you yeah said, yeah definitely so i missed all the edge stuff um but i can respect absolutely like how brilliant he is and, and how you know how much of a fan base he still has like mm-hmm. he is absolutely awesome but do you think potentially we've seen some reports that Daniel Bryan may be added to this this WrestleMania, what you'd assume is going to be the main event on it's because it's on the Sunday. Yeah, and that's been confirmed. And, and you've just got to think it's it's the main event of the of, of WrestleMania 37. Uh, where would you stand on Daniel Bryan coming into that to make it a triple threat? I don't mind it. You know, I see a lot of people saying, well, what was the point of the Royal Rumble? Why did Edge win that? You know, but from a personal point of view, I wouldn't mind it because then it means Roman Reigns could pin Daniel Bryan and Edge. Edge gets saved. Edge gets, you know, it's, it's, he hasn't lost, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, can I see Edge or Daniel Bryan winning? No, I can't. To be honest, I, I don't. I don't know who. And this is a chat for another day. I don't know who dethrones Roman Reigns. I honestly don't. Um, and like we say, that's an episode in itself. But I don't mind adding to it to make it a triple threat because they're all brilliant talent and they all will work well together. I think I would have loved to have seen Roman Reigns and Edge square off, but. The, the performer that Daniel Bryan is, you know, why shouldn't he be in the WrestleMania main event if it makes sense? And if it is going to be his last one, then what a way to what a way to go out, you know? Obviously, you can't you can't use that as your deciding factor, you know. You can't be sentimental. You've got to do what's right for the booking and stuff. But I mean, it, it gets more eyes on it surely because you've got a whole new you've got Daniel Bryan's fan base now interested in it. So. I'm not against it. Uh, I know a lot of people will be and they wanted a straight up singles match and a lot of people aren't happy about how WWE just turned loads of things into triple threat, you know, going back to Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch and Charlotte sort of thing. It's got the sort of similar vibe to that. Uh, But no, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it and I think it will be a brilliant match whether it's just Reigns versus Edge or if it's all three of them. It's interesting. You kind of talked me around actually because sort of before just a second ago, I was thinking, no, I don't, I don't think Daniel Bryan needs to be in that main event. Like, I think it, it's it's main event worthy, Reigns Edge, Royal Rumble winner, like you don't need to put the third person in. But like you say, it, it, you know, it could be, sentimentally, it could be Daniel Bryan's last run in, mm-hmm. in WWE kind of coming towards towards its conclusion. And, and you know, he, if anybody deserves the main event of WrestleMania before he goes out, it is Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah. there's no doubt about that. He's, you know, he's had his WrestleMania moment, but he deserves so much more. Um, but it's, it's an interesting one. I think it adds a new dynamic, having a completely different style, because, you know, Edge and, Edge and Daniel Bryan, two completely different competitors for, for Roman Reigns to kind of face off with. And the three of them, you'd think, together would, would create some magic in that ring. Like, that's, that's something we can, we can definitely get on board with. Um, one person who might not be too excited about uh, about Daniel Bryan coming into that <laughs> into that main event would be Paul Heyman, who yeah. we actually um, we actually spoke to last week, and he actually did give us a spoiler. You know, Paul Heyman, it's not a prediction; it's a spoiler. Gave us one of his famous spoilers for WrestleMania. So uh, take a listen here. Well, I don't make predictions, and I do offer spoilers. Uh, because Nostradamus wasn't the only one who could see into the future. And I can clearly see the, the main event of WrestleMania this year with all the fireworks going off at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa 
Roman Roman Reigns still the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, standing over the decimated body of Edge. Edge deserves all the credit in the world for being heroic enough to step into the ring with a champion just entering his prime who is going to deliver an ass-kicking to Edge, the likes of which Edge has never suffered before in his entire life. And it takes a lot of bravery to pursue your dreams knowing that you're not going to be able to achieve them and you're going to get your face kicked in because of it. So that was Paul Heyman chatting about how WrestleMania 37 is going to end. The, you know, it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. Do you agree with him? Yes. To, to put it bluntly, yeah, I, I can't see anyone other than Roman Reigns leaving with the, with the belt, you know. Um, again, like we said earlier, that's a conversation for another day of who does dethrone him, but I certainly don't see it being Edge or Daniel Bryan if he's added. You know, I think I think Reigns is so over now and so hot. He needs to be champion for when full stadiums return, you know, and when everyone's back and all the fans are back. And yeah, I just yeah, it's just it's just his character's so good at the minute. You know, you'd be a fool to take the belt off him. Um, and I, I do like when a championship like major championship changes hands at Mania, but. Only when it's right, you know, and it just wouldn't be the right decision to to see Roman Reigns leave without the belt. So I think Paul Heyman's uh, uh, prediction is, in fact, a spoiler this time around. Absolutely. I mean, I love chatting to Paul. Like he, he is just a walking promo. Um, we, we've had, we got so much out of that chat. Um, and, you know, my favourite part was, you know, Nostradamus wasn't the only one that could see into the future because he, he can see the future and it. And WrestleMania ends with the with the fireworks going off at Raymond James Stadium and, and Roman Reigns standing tall, um, which, again, like you say, you agree with, and I absolutely agree with that. I can't see it ending any other way just because Roman's character is so good now. Like, you can't take the top belt off him. He is the top guy. And it's all down to that, you know, that incredible heel turn that, I don't know if anybody saw coming back in kind of back in August. I think it was a rare, very well-kept secret, one that he was even coming back at SummerSlam after being away for so long. Yeah. And coming back, teaming with Paul Heyman and just being the ultimate badass on SmackDown, absolutely dominating the roster. Mm. But, I mean, I think, again, we have to throw to Paul here to kind of describe why that heel turn happened when it happened. Um, and, and, you know, why it was the best thing for WWE. So this is, this is Paul Heyman discussing that heel turn. It's, it, well, there's an old expression in this industry and that's timing is everything. And this was the time to pull the trigger because this presentation would not have worked even two years ago. There's no way. The... the the core of this presentation is the burden that is placed on Roman Reigns to either feed or supplement the income of every member of his large family and to be the centerpiece of the WWE universe. 
which means he has to set the example for every superstar, whether they're on top or whether they have stepped foot in the performance center for their first day of training. If you are in this industry, you are represented by Roman Reigns. And that's an enormous, unfathomable burden to place on any human being. That 24-7, 365, he has to be the example that is set for everyone else to follow in terms of his behavior, the manner in which he approaches people and accepts people's approach, and the level of performance that he generates every single micro moment that he's on camera. And two years ago, his face wasn't weathered enough. He, he still looked too young. The public hadn't seen enough of him and in enough main events, even though he main evented four WrestleManias in a row. But now when you look at Roman Reigns, you can see the seasoning on his face. You can see the wars that he's been through. You can see the burden of carrying this entire industry on his back in his face. And so when those cameras come close up and Roman Reigns says the words that he truly believes, you know, this is genuine. This is authentic. This is the real man speaking to me. And two years ago, you'd think it was just a script. But today, he looks the part. And he delivers the goods. And you've seen him long enough that you understand this is not only believable and credible. This is, this is real. So I, I, I would submit to you that this could not have happened before. And the moment it was time to pull the trigger, that trigger was pulled. Uh, so that was Paul Heyman discussing in great detail about how, you know, how WWE managed to turn Roman Reigns heel at the perfect time. And, and we kind of discussed this ourselves. And you really liked the comments uh, that he made about Roman Reigns' actual face being too, too much of a baby face to actually pull off the heel perfectly. This is what he said. He said, two years ago, Roman's face wasn't weathered enough. He still looked too young and he wasn't in enough main events, even though, he, even though he'd main evented WrestleMania four years in a row. Um, but yeah, do you agree? Like that, this, this kind of new look reigns, obviously he's ditched the vest, like, and he just looks like an absolute badass. Like it mm. just, it's just him, isn't it? Authentic. Yeah, it's, it's weird that, you know, the heel turn couldn't happen because he was a literal baby face, you know, in terms of Paul Heyman. But I think it's spot on, you know. It, it's, it, I don't want to compare him to John Cena because, you know, it's, it's a lazy sort of link. But it's also hard not to because that it feels like WWE are doing what they maybe wanted to do but couldn't do with John Cena, you know, and... Like you said earlier, it didn't look like it was ever going to happen. You know, we thought we were going to get this this uh, phase Roman Reigns for the rest of the time, where but he still gets a reaction. You know, and that's what everyone says about wrestlers. You know, and superstars. It's, it doesn't matter if it's cheers, it doesn't matter if it's booze, as long as it's something. You know, you need to have something. And Roman Reigns has had that 
all his career. So you've got to give him props for that. But the problem was the reaction wasn't what it was supposed to be, you know, and I thought I didn't think I'd ever see a day where a hero in range would come and, and take it and do so well with it. But I mean, my word, how wrong I was because he's arguably been one of the best heels in a long, long time. You know, his attitude, his promos, just how he holds himself is just unbelievable. You know, he, he's so believable and that's almost the unbelievable thing. He is all, he's so believable that he's this, like you say, badass who can beat the hell out of anyone, you know, and he's, he's getting more aggressive in his wrestling, which is fantastic. You know, like we say, we compared him to Brock Lesnar earlier. You kind of want that from your big bad heel. You want to, you want to genuinely believe he will beat the, the crap out of you. And he's doing that. And, um, you know, Daniel Bryan was the perfect dance partner for him because you know you had the you had the difference of styles. Jay Uso very similar. Kevin Owens very similar. You know, every feud he's had in the last few months has been unbelievable, and he's been the, the main key into that because he's took this persona and he's run with it. And I agree, the timing was was probably right to be honest. You know, because you don't want to do it too soon because then you're sort of you're playing to your audience. You want to make them wait for it. And then the payoff is so much bigger. And that's what we're seeing now. You know, we're seeing a heel Roman Reigns that's been caged up for so long. And now he's just, you know, and I, I said, I said ages ago, you know, he needs to sort of separate himself from the shield because he was still had the music. He still was coming down uh, with the, with the vest on. And it just felt like he was almost, because when they split up the shield, you know, Dean Ambrose got his own thing. Seth Rollins got his own thing. And it was sort of like, well, Roman Reigns, someone might as well keep the vest so you can keep it, you know? And it just felt like he was he was just going to cling on to that. But I'm, he's now, obviously, he's topless, he's stacked. He's got his new music. He's got his new entrance. And he's just so believable. And I think that's the key, to, a, to especially to a top champion, you know, to be believable. And he, him and Paul Heyman are just perfect together. I mean, this is it. Like you, you mentioned a, a couple of couple of moments ago about how you know maybe WWE did one day want to turn John Cena heel. We'll you know we'll never really know that, but they have done it with Reigns. And and like you said, even when he was a face, Reigns was getting that reaction of a reaction. And and that's also something I brought up to Paul Heyman last week. And I was like, this is you know WrestleMania is going to be the first time in in twelve months that one WWE has a crowd. It's going to be the first time ever that Roman Reigns as a heel is in front of that crowd. Very, and I was, like, so, I was like, so what do you expect, Paul? Like, what are, you, what are we going to, what kind of reaction are we going to see? And, and, and he said this. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll offer you a spoiler on that one as well. The audience live at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, is going to react to Roman Reigns like the star that he is. And whether they're cheering him or booing him, whether they're, looking for him to demonstrate what he's demonstrated since last August, which is the most authentic personality in WWE history, or whether they're in attendance to see him get beat up and or beat for the championship is irrelevant to us. We know Roman Reigns is walking out to a superstar's reaction a top star's reaction, a WrestleMania main event reaction. And that's what our job is. Cheer him, boo him, doesn't matter. Acknowledge him. That's the goal. And no one can call themselves a participant in the WWE universe if you're not acknowledging Roman Reigns by this point. 
so that was that was Paul Heyman discussing uh, the crowd reaction that you know that he's expecting Roman to get, and the, you know the big takeaway from that is you can cheer him or you can boo him, do whatever what do whatever you want, but you are going to acknowledge him, and that that is you know what every WWE superstar you know is there to do. Um, and another guy that's been working very very closely with Roman Reigns is his cousin Jey Uso. Um, who started out as a, as a rival when the two of them, you know, kind of exploded onto the main event scene and kind of at the end of summer and, and Jey Uso was put into that, you know, that level with Roman Reigns where many people maybe were kind of like, oh, okay, Jey Uso is, is Roman's first heel, heel feud. You know, this, is, this, this isn't going to be, you know, what we expect. And it was awesome. Like, it was just so, so good. Um, and Jey Uso now is at a level that is... You know, main, you know, he is a main event player and that's something that Paul Heyman truly believes because, you know, we, we reserved a few minutes to chat about Jey Uso and he couldn't have been more clear in his praise as, as calling Jey Uso the guy that carried SmackDown's ratings for six months. So this is what he said in full. If you take a look at SmackDown's ratings, not just domestically, but on a global basis, Jey Uso was not given the name tag main event Jey Uso just because we placed him in the main event. Jay Uso has been at the core of the resurgence of SmackDown ratings because since the end of September, Jay Uso has been in more main events on SmackDown than anybody has main evented in WWE on any of the brands. WWE, uh, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jay Uso has earned that name. And that's something that Edge is up against on SmackDown. Edge is the rated R superstar. And I expect Edge to be a rated R superstar on SmackDown. And I also will offer that Jay Uso will be main event Jay Uso, worthy of the main event indicative of the main event and a picture perfect example of a modern day main event in 2021 because Jey Uso is at the top of his game he's never been better and Edge will learn that firsthand on Smackdown that was Paul Heyman there with some incredibly high praise for Jey Uso you know suggesting that he deserves that true main event status on Smackdown saying that he's main evented you know more smackdowns than anybody on any of wwe's brands be it raw smackdown nxt nxt uk what do you what do you make of jay uso's rise because you know i agree with paul i think he is absolutely awesome i, I genuinely think the sky is the limit yeah i mean i love the usos uh, again i know it seems like i'm saying i love everyone but again they are one of my favorite um not just tag teams but genuine talent you know their their promos i can't was it a couple of years ago where they were just dropping fire every week you know all their promos were going viral i just love that i love their heel persona you know i've i've been a fan of them ever since they the, you know their faces you know and they came out with the samoan tribute dance and stuff like that you know that it They've always been talented, but that that attitude turn, you know, and the, the the caps and the just bit more swagger about them, and they felt a lot more comfortable in themselves, it seemed. And they just let their promos and their ring work do the talking, you know. And I was worried, obviously, when Jimmy got injured, and you sort of thinking, well, what on earth is Jay going to do? Because he's never really had, they've never really had a run individually, you know. When one's been out, they've both just been off screen. 
but he boy he's done well he's done so well you know his performances have been brilliant he's his promos again are faultless and his performances with Roman Reigns have been brilliant and he's been just the perfect sort of I don't want to call him a sidekick to Roman Reigns but he's been that perfect sort of backup yeah. to the you know sort of how um Alex Riley kind of was to the Miz back back in the day you know it was that sort of but obviously Jay's got a lot more credibility and he's a lot more he's a lot more well-rounded but it just feels like every good bad champion needs to have that man behind him who's willing to do the dirty work and you know I like the I like the chem obviously they've got chemistry you know their, their family but the chemistry is brilliant I like how Roman Reigns sort of beats him up and wants the best out of him by saying he loves him and stuff and I loved all that and I, I, I'm fascinated to see where it goes with that because Jimmy must be for close um yeah. must be close to coming back does he come back and sort of like tries to take Jay away from Roman does he come back and fall in line and team up and they run the whole Smackdown which would be incredible you know have Jimmy and JB Smackdown tag team champions with Ryan Reign all for that I would love that but yeah Paul Heyman's right I mean I'm, like, I, I'm never the one to say Paul Heyman's wrong you know but he he's spot on you know Jay Uso deserves a hell of a lot of credit you know as much credit you give Ryan Reigns you, you almost have to give the same to Jay because without Jay if you don't know what would have happened with Roman Reigns. So I think I think he does deserve a lot of credit. And I'm so glad that he has been given this opportunity and he's took it and he's delivered so well. I mean, the way you wax the lyrical about him, you could literally be doing Paul's job. You could stand in the ring with him. I know, I should be. I should be Jay's man. I'd love it. You know, I'm just such a big fan, you know. And I know, like I say, I've said I've liked everyone on this show, but like I said as well earlier, they've just, they're blessed with, you know, there are, there are wrestlers that I'm not too keen on, but the, the, the majority of them, they're just, you have to appreciate their work and what they've been doing. And especially in this era where it's behind closed doors, you know, you haven't got that fan reaction to respond and to reciprocate to. And, and I feel sorry for a lot of people because of that, you know, Drew McIntyre, I feel really sorry for, hasn't had, you know, the best year of his, of his career. And it's been behind closed doors, you know, Dominic Mysterio is another one who, last year was unbelievable and no one was there to watch it and I feel the same for Roman Reigns and Jey Uso but you know I just can't wait for fans to be back and including us to you know whenever they're back in the UK um, to be back inside that the arena and just enjoy watching wrestling again with everyone else who loves it and I think Jay and Roman Reigns will be one that like Paul says you know he will be cheered there will be people cheering him when he comes out and there will be people booing him and that's what that's what you want. Absolutely. It's, it's actually funny that you mentioned the, the whole kind of crowd reaction and the, the superstars that maybe have, have, have missed out on that, that kind of reaction. Because like, say, Drew McIntyre, Dominic Mysterio, these are two people that, that along with Reigns and Uso, who, have definitely missed out, you know, massive parts of their careers without the fans. Um, and that, that brings us on to kind of maybe just a quick word on our next podcast, which will be dropping WrestleMania week. Because WrestleMania is the is going to be the first show back with fans, and we absolutely cannot wait because it's going to be so good. So on WrestleMania week, we're going to drop the podcast. We're going to discuss WrestleMania in full, like where any information you need, you come straight to us, as you should be doing anyway. Um, True. True. We will be previewing the card. You know, we've spoken a lot about Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, because uh, Roman Reigns, sorry, and Edge, because you know we think that's going to be the main event. But you know, we'll. We'll have chats with Bianca Belair, as we mentioned, dropping on our podcast ahead of WrestleMania, a preview Bianca versus Sasha Banks. Hopefully, this is not a guarantee, a word from Drew McIntyre as well. Don't say we don't get the big guys, because we <laughs> absolutely do. Uh, that should be, you know, motivation more than anything to stick with us. 
Definitely. But yeah, basically, we're going to have a WrestleMania extravaganza, and that's going to drop in a couple of weeks' time. So keep keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, that's that's the end of our first podcast, really. I think it went well. Yeah, I think it went really well. One and done. Well. Obviously, we're we're going to say that, but obviously, the the guys who watch it will let us know. But no, good, good, good chat. No, it has been, and, and I'm really excited to do this kind of every week. And I hope you know there's a there's a genuine audience for it that want to listen to us chat rubbish probably most of the time about about WWE because you know there's definitely not not many of those podcasts about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we we can promise big interviews, some form of banter. And, uh, and just a good just a good time so yeah please do um, feel free to leave any comments in, in, in the in the in the comments below us give us some feedback you know we're, we're happy to hear it and um, yeah from me Ollie and from Batman we'll uh, we'll see you very soon see you later boys